eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy Graham brings it down, and that is a touchdown, New Orleans. We'll take you to places most fans never go, to practice, to the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown, Taysom Hill, to Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Hey, all who dat? Welcome in. This is a special edition of Inside Black and Gold. There was just so much going on that we wanted to do a secondary mailbag so that we could get to a lot of viewer questions. Didn't want to cram it into the last episode. So this is going to be probably a two segment. I'm going to try to shoot for maybe a half hour episode here. But whoever's listening on on the podcast feed will already know how long it is. So I don't know why I'm explaining this to you, but we're going to dive into the mailbag and get to as many questions as we can. There's a lot in there. So I'm going to try to get to all of those first. But if you drop any questions in the feed, since we st- after we st- get going here, I'll try to do as many as we can. But I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. If you're watching if, on YouTube, it's that WWL Sports. Hit the bell, ring the bell, and subscribe to that channel. And make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, yeah, hit us up on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak at Steve Geller WWL. If you have any questions that we don't get to here. That'd be a good place to ask him. So without further ado, you know, I think this is a good question. Just Robin Shigari says, why don't we blitz more? Seem to work well in the second half. And I think our secondary is talented enough to cover. We need to get to the QB more. You know, I, I actually don't think the blitz has worked. Um, you know, I don't think the Saints don't blitz a lot. They're not a blitz 
scheme, right? And so they're very unimaginative blitzes because you just don't do a lot of them. And so like you're talking about, I want to bring pressure from the linebacker level. I don't want to see defensive backs blitzing, but I do want to see spies. I want to see spies on the quarterback more often. You did that with Pete Werner in this game. But I'd yeah. like to see it, you know, I I, I don't, I, I'd like to see, you know, maybe go into dime packages a little bit more. If they're not running the ball, at least not traditionally running the ball, and you can just get into dime. Jordan Howden didn't have a snap in this game. I thought that was strange. You know, I think there's a there's an option for you to get into dime and have a defensive back spying the quarterback. Um, maybe do something like that. I don't think blitzing is the answer because I think that just, one of your issues is you're, you're getting, everything's going haywire and you're allowing the quarterback to kind of freewheel and and break contain and do whatever you want to pin him. You, you want to keep him in the pocket. You want to force him to beat you from the pocket. And one thing blitzing does is it kind of it kind of explodes everything and it makes it, it just everything gets a little hectic. And against certain quarterbacks like a Jared Goff, I think you want to be able to do that. Against a Derek Carr, you want to be able to do that, and that kind of disrupts the timing and everything. Against a Josh Dobbs, if you don't get him down, then you're screwed. Right then you're under leveraged in the secondary, and so I think to me it's not about blitzing; it's about disguising pressure and bringing it from the linebacker level so that you can have someone else spy the quarterback. But I, I agree; I think that you do need to get a little bit more creative with how you're pressuring the quarterback. Yeah, that's my biggest thing too. It's like I I, I don't know whatever is needed at this point, but the lack of pressure has uh, definitely been an issue. And then it seems like when you were able to get to these guys. Whoever it is has been just been taken off and running down the green pasture, and and the frustrating one I think, especially was like a Trevor Lawrence. I, you know, you, I didn't expect him to be as mobile as he was, honestly. Yeah, and like I'll say, like in most instances when you're talking about a blitz heavy team, they're not blitzing because they want to; they're blitzing because they have to. And you might maybe might say, well, the Saints have to. The Saints have to be better, but. I don't know. Like, I don't think this this defense. I don't think the answer for this defense is blitz is is, is a heavier blitz scheme. And they're not the. I mean, I think they're twenty third in the NFL in blitz rate, which is obviously not high, but it's also not like last in the NFL. Like, there's teams that blitz less than they do. Um, so, I, I think generating pressure and containing quarterbacks is a is a question. But I'm just not like I don't think more defensive back blitzes is the answer. I I wouldn't mind seeing more five man pressures again from the interior, like a gap pressure, but you got to get there. And there was a couple instances where they sent line. I know that I saw at least one where they sent Lonnie Johnson on a blitz and he just got picked up. Like that's the worst is when you blitz and they pick it up. Cause then you're screwed. Then you're just like, Oh, hopefully the quarterback screws up because someone's open. And that's yeah. why it's frustrating for the saints is they never pick it up. <laughs> you know, it's and when they- a little curious this year because they were better last season, obviously. And you can't tell me like, Oh, cause Kate Nellis has gone all of a sudden. They're not as good as, you know, sending guys. Well, I mean, that is a factor, right? I think one, one thing that happened last year is you didn't have Marshawn for 10 games. So you weren't oh, as yeah. comfortable just having your defensive backs be out there on an island. So you did send more pressure, especially from the linebacker level. Now, you don't have that. You know, I'd like Zach Bond can be that guy, maybe. Like, I think you maybe you find a way to, to ramp up the pressure that way. But, you know, you, I, I do think losing Caden Ellis in that regard is is a factor and you know people will say well they should have they should have paid him you were never going to pay him what the falcons paid him i don't care if you're paying Derek carr i don't care if you're paying james winston they were never going to invest 28 million dollars like seven million dollars a year in a sam linebacker right in their third linebacker now if demario had retired 
than all in, right? But you just, you can only invest so much in backups. No, and I think that was a pretty actually, I won't say big, but a, a key piece to Ryan Nielsen going over to Atlanta too. He wanted to bring probably uh, Ellis with him along with even an Onyemata. Yeah, no one else was paying Caden Ellis that much. Not even the Saints. Like, you know, it, it, it's funny because we can say, well, the reason Caden got paid was because he kind of blew, exploded and, you know, like had that that opportunity. But, you know, that that's only that was only helpful for Ryan. Ryan was going to want to take him either way, you know, but that kind of helped him probably sell the idea to Terry, who also, you know, knew knew Caden. Right. Um, so anyway, that's uh, that's something. Here's a well, we got a positive comment from Natch. The Saints will be okay. Just make the playoffs, get in the dance. You know, and, and I do I do wonder, you know, and and like I think we talked about this last week. At a certain point, you just you just have to be a fan and, and hope for the best, right? Like I get it, it's frustrating. But don't I I I think that there's a there's a middle ground where you can be frustrated and you know, say like this isn't going well and we need to do things differently and maybe and, and like critical. But it should still come from a place of like, I want the team to be good and I'm not going to be upset if they go out and win games. And that's where, you know, I went on a rant about like the kind of the toxic fanhood thing. And like, that's the difference to me. If you're, if your criticism is coming from a place of, I want this team to be better, then that's one thing. If your criticism is coming from a place of, oh, I'm, I want this team to be so bad that everyone gets fired. Eh, I don't know. That's kind of, that's kind and of we lame. could draft Caleb. Yeah, I, I, like I don't know, like like I there's when I talk about the fanhood that that bothers me, it's like it feels like there are people. If the Saints made it to like the NFC Championship this year, if they want, if they got on a run and they just got hot, you know, like one of those Giants teams and just made a run, that people would be mad about. And like at a certain just, point, just you just gotta be a fan, right? I I don't I, I would hope folks aren't that caught up in wanting Dennis Allen fired that they're pissed off if they make the playoffs. I think and then have a good run too. I think there would be because they know that it would mean that Dennis is coming back. But hate to break it to you, I'm pretty sure like the Dennis is going to come back. And so yeah, and I get it. I get it. You know, like it's it's frustrating. But like at a certain like I I do wonder. I am curious. So if you end up at the point where you're nine and eight and in the postseason, it's like you should still be excited to 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 for a home playoff game. That's all I'm going to say. It's like don't you know home playoff games don't happen that often. Right. Like you just I get it. The Breeze Peyton era probably left people with this idea of what rooting for an NFL team is supposed to be like. Go ask some of your older friends. Go ask like your grandfather what it was like rooting for the Saints in like the 80s. Right. Like (laughs) there like there's a lot of teams that a home playoff game would be like the mecca of what they could hope for. And so don't waste that opportunity to enjoy your team winning a division is all I'm going to say. Like, because there is a point where like, you just got to go just, just take the ride, you know? Can I, can I just pay for a ticket to the second half of the game? Yeah. Just don't watch <laughs> the side. Just don't watch the first half. Um, but again, and I will say like, there's this idea that no team in the saints position right now has ever, has ever gone to the playoffs and had success. And I need you to understand that is objectively false, right? Like teams, can get hot in the second half of a season. And it's really all it is. It's like, you just, you figure some things out and you get going and you might say, this team doesn't have a chance to be that. I'll tell you guys, Dennis Allen is not that different from Tom Coughlin. 
Tom Coughlin is the same kind of like, man, you know, like, like <laughs> no one really liked them, but you know, like they, they, it just worked and you got it going and, and they won two Super Bowls with that dude. Um, you know, and the, the funniest Tom Coughlin story that, uh, you know, he, he and Michael Strahan used to, used to get into it. And one of the things that Michael Strahan hated about Tom was he had set all of the, and this is just an old school head coach thing. Like I'm not saying DA does this, but he had set all of the clocks in the building ahead 10 minutes. And so if you were, if you were on time for a meeting, you were late. Like if you, if the meeting started at eight and you got there at seven fifty nine on your watch, you yeah. were nine minutes late. And Michael Strahan was a superstar defensive end, right? Like he, I think he still has the sack record. I don't think TJ got it. I think it was close, but yeah, I could be wrong either way. You know, this was a guy who literally was dominant. Like he was one of the best. Pat- He's a hall of famer. And he was like, what the hell, man? <laughs> like I showed up. It's like the meeting. If you want, if you want the meeting to start at seven 50, then start the meeting at seven 50. Don't tell me it's eight o'clock and get mad at me for showing up anyway. So, I mean, like that's, there's a lot of different ways to do this. Um, but if you're telling me that you're going to look back at those Giants teams that won Super Bowls and that they were that they were in better situations than the Saints are right now, I'm going to tell you that they were not. No one believed in Eli Manning before that 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 first Super Bowl, and no one really believed him before that believed in him before that second one either. But because he had won one already, he had, he had job security, and they were never going to move on from him. Until Ben McAdoo showed up, and they were like, "Yeah, hey, maybe Gino's the guy, and maybe he would have been if they give him a chance." So, I, like, it's it's not as simple as saying this team doesn't have a chance. It's it's can they fix their issues, get their shit figured out, and get hot at the right time? And any team is capable of doing that. Now, do I feel like that's that that's where the Saints' season is headed? Probably not. I, I don't. I had. I don't see the signs. But again, like this is this is kind of that fulcrum right here. Is that bye week, right? Like you got through the first half of the season, which is the pre bye part of the season. Now you're on the stretch run, and you have a lot of winnable games, and you can get hot, right? Like you can win some games. Like I said, I think they actually match up pretty well against the Lions. Will they win? I don't know, but they're not going to have the same types of struggles that they have had against Josh Dobbs, against not Kyler Murray. Who did they face? Uh, oh, uh, Bajan. You know, like they're not going to have those types of mobile quarterback problems. So, you know, and, and and a win in that game, suddenly everyone's looking like, oh, my God, maybe they're for real. You know, and then everyone's going to be like, oh, they just didn't face a guy who could move. Look and, what we're saying, though. Problems with Bajan and Dobbs. Whoopity doodah. Well, they, they also got five turnovers in that game, so <laughs> – uh, anyway. uh, the, the, the sad thing, though, too, is obviously the team hasn't beaten a, a, a squad with a winning record yet. No, yeah, that's a bad stat. That is a, that is a brutal stat when you it really look at it. Right. That said, the Colts are, you know, like you could say, like, oh, is it a winning record at the time or is it a winning record at the end of the season, right? Well, when do you judge that? Because, like, you Colts, play them. I'm pretty sure the Colts are going to end up with a winning record by the end of the season. Colts are a solid football team. And so, yeah, I don't know. It, it's kind of it's kind of strange, but you know, like the the Bucks didn't the Bucks have a winning record? Uh, I, I guess they they lost to the Bucks, right? But like, it's yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's a whole thing. But no, the Saints have not beaten good teams, and they have lost to a couple bad teams. But I, I don't I don't think the Vikings are a bad team. I think the Vikings are a sneaky good football team, and that's not just because the Saints lost to them. It's just because like they've done it two weeks in a row. They've done it five weeks in a row. Like they've won five games in a row without just. Yeah, they have a winning record, so we can't beat them. 
Well, I mean, but that doesn't happen by accident. Like the, I think that's, you know, you gotta, gotta, gotta give credit to Kevin O'Connell. You gotta give credit Absolutely. to that. Shout out to him for sure. Like, you know, like the, the, I think that's a good football team and the saints obviously would like to consider themselves a good football team. But I think you saw the difference in that game. Uh, Jerry G says five and two, we should be eight and two, not thrilled at being in first place with a five and five record, but I will take it. I like that last sentence. Cause that's, I'll that's take what you should it too, do. Right. No, no one's going to apologize for winning the division. Right. It's, but at the same time, yeah, like that Packers game, man, that's that, that one really, really peels my grapes. Uh, <laughs> they should have won that. That's so frustrating. Um, but I agree with you. Thanks for the comment, Jerry. Saint for life. Josh Dobbs rolls off the couch one week ago and beat the Saints like he's a pro bowler. Again, like I'll say that, he, like he did the same thing to the Falcons. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if if he comes back to earth or if maybe they found something there. He's going to, it's his, it's his team. Maybe they can, maybe he can like play Creed the whole way to the, the Super Bowl. I don't know. That would be a kind of a crazy story. If well, like that, that, you could keep running the playoffs. The, the touchdown run he had is absolutely ridiculous. And He's way yeah, more athletic than I remember. Right, exactly. I was like, who the hell, you know, and then you look, oh, he's only, only Lamar Jackson has more rushing yards as a quarterback. And you're like, oh, I, I get it. Well, the other crazy thing is he only had four rushing yards in the second half of that game, but it wasn't just the rushing yards like that. Like it's not just QBs rushing that kills the Saints. It's extending play. Yeah, the escapability, right. Like he had one, I think it was a third down that he was dead to rights. And then he just found a way to make a guy miss and just dump the ball to Hawkinson. And it was like, yeah, that's not going to go down as a, like a QB rush, but man, the, his legs made that play. Um, and so, yeah, no, I mean, like, I, like I remember watching him at Tennessee. I don't remember him being that <laughs> athletic. Like I, I watched him last year with the Titans again in Tennessee. And then he's, but, I, know, I know he's not old, but he's, he's like, Fairly, you could say he's a journeyman already. He's, he's, he's been in the league since 2018. Came in the league the same, uh, like a year after Alvin, I think, or maybe the same year as Alvin. It just yeah, he, he was a fourth round pick. Around so much. Yeah, he was a fourth round pick in 2017. He's the same age as Alvin. Like he's been in the league since the same time Alvin has. He's just never gotten a chance to start. But I mean, like, you know, at a certain point, it's like, yeah, you just kind of kind of hang around and, and get your chance. And, you know, if he had started as a rookie, he probably would have sucked. Because rookies suck. Unless you're CJ Stroud, apparently. I'm surprised we have there. I don't know. I haven't seen anybody calling for Jake Hayner. Jake Hayner. Jake the Snake. <laughs> I like Jake. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing Jake. Don Tomasino. Did y'all see how the O-line was just running around on the screenplays? Didn't touch nobody. Oh, trust me. I got a close look at that. It was bad. I, it's just frustrating because it's like they were set up. The screens were set up. They just failed. Like, you got one job. Find somebody. Knock them over. Right? Like, you don't have to be perfect, but you do have to block somebody. Uh, and it was just like you have these gigantic bodies and still Alvin is getting taken down. Like you, Because, like, you see, like, the play works, right? Like, you, you see the rush and they get baited upfield. And then you dump it off, and in your initial reaction is like, "Wow, we got the ball to Alvin in space. He's got a blocker he can work with. This should be a big play." No, no. Um, I, I, that's so frustrating to me because when you go back and you're like, "What one?" Some of the marquee moments of the of the Breeze, Peyton, Camara offense is those screens that you would just catch people with, and it was like twenty yards cake. 
you know, like you weren't even, he wasn't even like breaking into a sprint. It was just kind of like a, a light jog behind, behind these big boys. And now it's like, you know, it, it's like a panic attack. Every time he catches the ball, it's like, he's getting hit from all sides. And <laughs> I agree. We, yeah. We talk about, you know, some of the changes maybe with staff stuff. I think O-line could be something in this off season that you, you might look to do something there because it's not, it hasn't been working. No, I agree. I agree. Let's get a couple more questions here and then take a quick break. St. John Butler says JPP can help stop the run if he has anything left in the tank. See, I don't think stopping the run has been a huge issue. I think this team is built to stop the run, and in most cases, they have been successful, right? Except the um, quarterbacks. Well, right. Exactly. Like, against the Colts, they run on everybody. Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor are very good. You're going to let up rushing yards. Um, against the Texans, you know, it's just starting to feel like, man, the Texans are just a very good team. Um, they run the ball too. They have good, good offensive line. CJ Stroud is keeping people honest. Um, so those, t- I think you struggle to stop the run in that game, but you know, the Jags, they really didn't run the ball other than Trevor Lawrence, like ETN, you know, they got to the edges, but they didn't run the ball. He didn't see like traditional run plays in this game. I felt like you you stopped the run pretty effectively. Um, the Bucks game was kind of in the middle, you know, you only let up like 50 something rushing yards, but a lot of it was on first down. And to me, that's the, that's the thing is the first down run plays where they set themselves up in second and four, you know, the situations the saints got in and still failed. Um, but like JPP is not coming in to be a rundowns player. If you're bringing in Jason Pierre, Paul, it's as a situational pass rusher. And like, and I hate to say this, but like, I don't think Cam needs to be on the field for all passing downs. And like, I think he still plays the run. Well, like that's part of the deal. Like he's a run first player anyway, but I would not hate to see him maybe shift inside to the defensive tackle position and see if he can make some hay that way. And then you maybe get JPP on the outside, but either way, JPP is going to be a practice squad guy if you bring him in. And so you're talking about an elevation as opposed to, okay, he's, he's there every week. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, the guy's been on the street, and I, I do think he can help the pass rush, but don't obviously expect miracles of miracles to happen either. No, right. There's a reason he's still on the street right now. It's not because he's he's a, a dominant player that he once was. And Right, it's not going to be like Miles Garrett coming in, tearing up shit. Exactly. <laughs> J-Rock, somebody explain to me how. How are the Saints still in first place in the division? Well... well <laughs> that's that's how math works first um, uh i'm going to introduce you to the atlanta falcons tampa bay buccaneers and the carolina panthers huh. well the funny thing is like josh dobbs and josh dobbs former team both beat the nfc south this week right um which kyler murray had a great game kyler murray led them down the field but it, like it's so funny you look at the falcons and the saints and you're in very similar situations and you know well i think one of these coaches is going to be gone at the end of the year i think one of them is and it's and if the other one's going to win the division. Well, it's, uh, I mean, I know Arthur Smith's the smoke's definitely coming from his chair f- because you know you sit you think about oh Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Bijan, and it's like why aren't these weapons getting utilized? <laughs> well, because this, the Falcons did the most like it's, it's so obvious <laughs> that they're doing the wrong thing and they continue to do it. Like it's right. the Giants did. Like the parallels between the Falcons and the Giants are hilarious with the end of Matt Ryan's career and the end of Eli Manning's career, right? The Falcons went with Kyle Pitts. The Giants went with Evan Ingram. The Falcons went with Bijan Robinson. The Giants went <laughs> with Saquon Barkley. But what they forgot to do was 
draft linemen and get a quarterback, right? Like, like oh, we got all these weapons, but you have no one to get him the ball. And like, oh, we're going to start Taylor Heineke. The Giants did it with Geno Smith because he like couldn't. It's just hilarious that you can watch that exact scenario play out and fall right into that hole yourself because it's like, oh, he's a unicorn. Come on. Don't, don't draft the tight end in the top 10. Don't draft a running back in the top 10 unless you are a Super Bowl team. Unless, like, that's the only time it makes sense. Like, even the Panthers, like, Christian McCaffrey was one of the best running backs in football for a long time, but it's like, I still don't think that was the right draft pick. And you know who's benefiting from Christian McCaffrey right now? The team that was already going to win. And so now they're just better because of it. Like those are the teams that should be going and getting those running backs, but it's always the bad teams that think, oh, we're just one running back away. Like, no, you're never just one running back away. You're a team away. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 just another thing with the Niners too. It's nauseating to see them have a guy like Chase Young joining in and you're like, great. You just, you know, amplified that defense even more. Well, yeah, we, had, we had someone ask about, like, why didn't the Saints go at Chase Young? And here's the thing, like, when you are good already, you can <laughs> afford to take those leaps, right? The Saints aren't in a position. Like, I don't want the Saints to be giving up third-round draft picks. No, no, please Especially don't. Right. They don't have one. <laughs> they don't have one to trade. So in order for the Saints to go at Chase Young, they might have to give up that second-rounder from Denver. And that's a lot. Like, that's, Hell no, right. So are you going to do that or are you going to – so you can't – you don't have a third rounder to trade, so you're not going to trade that second rounder. So you're going to have to match the value. You're going to have to beat that 49ers third somehow. So right. you're going to give up a future third and maybe a future second? No, that's what everyone's mad about that they already did. So, like, no, I don't – they were right to not go after Chase Young once the price got to that third round. If it was a fourth rounder or a fifth rounder, maybe. Right? I could see it. Third rounder, absolutely not. That's That's a steep price for a guy who's a rental that you're going to have to pay. But all right, let's take a quick break, come back here, and we'll close out this special Inside Black and Gold mailbag edition. Thanks, everyone who's here. Thanks, everyone who's watching. Thanks, everyone who's dropped in a comment. Appreciate y'all. As always, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. We will be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. One more segment here on this special mailbag edition, bi-week edition. You know, one thing we were talking about in the last segment, uh, St. John Butler says, let's not compare DA to Tom Toughlin. I'm not, I'm not comparing them. I'm just comparing, like, there was a lot of hate going at Tom. Like, like oh, there yeah. was, what, what, until he won in the playoffs, everyone was, everyone's like, he's not going to win. He can't win. 
That's all I'm saying. And on suddenly he go, he makes a run in the play. Like they were a wild card team that for in 2008, right? Like no one believed they could go win a Super Bowl. And then after that, it was like, ah, oh, he's the answer. He's got a lifetime contract. As long as he wants to stay, he'll stay. Um, and like, that's, I think that's what people are afraid of with DA, honestly, <laughs> is that he wins enough games and then suddenly, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not, as coaches, I'm not comparing them. I'm just talking about situationally. The thing here, Demetrius Ramsey says, Eli Manning was way better than Carr. And I'm going to stop you right there because the stuff that Derek Carr has had said about him his entire career, like it's a lot of empty yards. He's not good enough in the red zone. He can't win big games. Everyone said that about Eli Manning basically his entire career. So like, I actually think they're very similar quarterbacks, except one's name is Manning. So everyone was like, okay, he's definitely, you know, one, they're, they're both legacy quarterbacks, right? Like they both have brothers who were number one picks too, uh, or number one picks. Like Eli was a number one pick, but Peyton was a number one pick. But, you know, Derek obviously succeeded David, who <laughs> the, the the best biggest record he has is <laughs> he holds the NFL record for the most sacks in a season and the second most sacks in a season. Poor guy. Yikes, right? Um, you want to talk about shell shock. But yeah, I think they have a little a, a lot more in common than you might think, uh, especially in today's NFL where there's not many quarterbacks that don't really run. Like that that scramble, man, that scramble where he got nine yards of it. And it was like, how many quarterbacks in the NFL turn that into like a 30, 40-yard gain? You know what I'm talking about? No, I'm trying to think. I, I'm it, just, was like, uh, it was like a third and 10 in the first half, and he got nine of it and then got caught from behind and kind of got dragged down, and they ended up punting. And it's like, but like – how like so go go around the NFL and just kind of say like okay yeah. how many of these quarterbacks would have that would have been like a 30 to 40 yard run right whether it's Josh Allen whether it's Lamar Jackson you know it, it, even Baker Mayfield like like Derek is a good athlete but not from a mobile perspective like when he starts to run you're like god why aren't you faster than that <laughs> come on <laughs> Uh, you're a professional athlete, man. Have some respect. You see um, recently the the post though somebody put out was like comparing the first whatever X amount of games from Derek Carr, and then they put it like against Steve uh, Steve Young, Troy yeah. Aikman, and I forget who else. But I mean, his numbers are comparable, but it's it's really hard to to just look at numbers. Yeah, no, and, and to me that's the that's. That's the thing for me. It's just frustrating to know that those yards are available and you can't get them. It's like they're locked in a box, right? Like a lot of teams are able to access those yards, but the Saints are not. And it's a disadvantage. There's just there's no way around it. It's a major disadvantage that the Saints have accepted is that we do not have we do we do not have a system where we think the quarterback should have to be able to access those yards, those hidden yards in a game where that Josh Dobbs found, right? That, that Trevor Lawrence found, that Tyson Bajan found, right? We are not trying to access those yards and our offense has to succeed in spite of that. That's a disadvantage. You know, the, 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 the lions are doing the same thing with Jared Goff. It's just something that you're going to accept that type of quarterback that can't really run. Then you're going to have to live with it. Well, then you, if you do have that quarterback that can take off, you sh- he should be, his accuracy, you know, precision should be like super duper, you know, uh, cutting edge, top right. of the league kind of thing. Then, if you if you got to compensate, exactly. kind of thing. If you were, if you can't do that, if you can't right. access those yards, then you have to be elite 
in terms of diagnosing defenses and, and getting the ball out against the blitz. And that's what's frustrating is because like I don't see that. I, I like I I don't I don't see like like the baseline of a quarterback who can run around and do stuff is so much higher because you can you, like Kyler Murray against the Falcons. He, Holy crap! Right, it was, I, that was I, a video I, game. Right, he looks like Super Mario. Like, yeah, yes, he does run like Super. I, like, I, 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 I put out a tweet, uh, like, and not even like post mushroom Super Mario, like the no. small version. Just like he's just so like locked up. He kind of runs like Taysom Hill in that way, where it's like all legs and the upper body just stays perfectly still the whole time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and it's frustrating, and that's why like people, oh, there's the, the talk right now is, oh, maybe they can go draft Jaden Daniels. I would love to see the Saints draft Jaden Daniels. I absolutely would. As long as the idea is he's not starting right away. That is like my take that I will not give up on is the idea that quarterbacks have to start immediately as a rookie is absolutely unequivocally wrong, and it ruins careers. Um, A lot of the time, yeah. Like, you know, it's very rare that I think someone comes in and just immediately – able to you know adapt so easily without getting rattled right like cj stroud is the exception he's not the rule and like i would love a quarterback like Jaden daniels i would love you know but like i I don't want him to come in and immediately be that guy i also you know i do get nervous about guys getting hurt right that's always the kind of catch 22 of of okay well you can run but what happens that time they they catch you (laughs) you know um and so like i think Jaden for is a guy who's gonna have to bulk up a little bit at the NFL level. And so maybe give him a year, right? Let him, let him kind of get acclimated. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that the saints would be foolish to avoid the quarterback position in this draft. And again, it's not about replacing Derek this next year. It's about, no. you have it's an opportunity. You have an opportunity to draft a quarterback and not have to play him right away. Right. Cause you're paying it. You're paying the price. To have that, to have that opportunity. Yeah. To me, the Lions had that perfect scenario where they were able to get a guy like Hendon Hooker, who needed that red shirt year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And so, like, you got Jake Hayner. You know, he's a he's an intriguing guy, but you know, I don't think anyone's going to balk at upgrading if you know there's a gift. For example, Jaden's still there in the second round, and you really like him. Um, Hopefully, like like Hayner could be our kind of like Dobbs. You know, in case of emergency, he could come in and and do something but yeah i don't see hayner as a, a starter in the nfl i mean one of the, that's a bad that's a bad comparison because <laughs> because because one <laughs> of the reasons that dobbs is dobbs he is well no i mean it's not even being a rocket scientist it's being a six-year nfl veteran but he's still a, been a backup or a third stringer his, his his career and that's helping him is my point like jake's never played in an nfl game <laughs> No, so I'm just saying. Hopefully, down the line, he could be that dude for the Saints. I, I don't know. I'm oh, just like, oh, you mean like in the future? Yeah, I'm not saying you know bring him in now and he's going to run rampant. Yeah, for Jake, because that's it's probably like all he could do at the moment. Yeah, for Jake, it's like the first question is, can you be a backup? <laughs> and then if you can prove that you can hang around as a backup, then we'll see if you can be a starter. But like you know, I think Taylor Heineke is a good example of like a guy who is just good enough to be a backup. Probably isn't yeah. good enough to be a starter, but is going to be you know, he's going to make a whole lot of money. You know, like that's not the worst thing in the world to be is a guy who's just, you know, look at Andy right now. You think Andy's mad about his situation? No. It's like, yeah, keep paying me. I'll keep showing up. I'll hold the clipboard. You want me? Yeah. You want me to hold the clipboard? Cool. You want me to start? Cool. Whatever you need. I got you. 
Who was the, oh, what was the guy's nickname? Uh, the nickname was Clipboard Jesus. Do you know who I'm talking about? Not um, Chase Daniel, huh? It wasn't Chase Daniel. He had okay. long hair. All right. The Charlie Whitehurst. Google. It was Charlie uh, Whitehurst. <laughs> Clipboard Jesus. And uh, let me, I'll share, I'll share my screen so that you can appreciate how apt this nickname is. The locks flowing. They really are. Look at this. Is there, has there ever been a better nickname than Clipboard Jesus for this man? Um, anyway. It's a good it's, it's uh, a good living. Right. Like no one's complaining about being a backup quarterback, right? You you know, when you get in the game, you like look at Jameis, right? Like the, the bar is so much lower because you're just like, man, he gave him a chance. Win. Right? That's all you have to do is not go <laughs> go in and maybe, you know, if you win. A game as a backup, you're a friggin' hero. If you lose, everyone's like, well, he's the backup. That's why he's the backup. <laughs> so, I don't know. Right, that's like, what you can fall back on easily, right? Like, like the Giants lost by like 40 to the Cowboys, and everyone's like, yeah. Yeah, DeVito. What happens when you start Danny DeVito? <laughs> and uh, here's one that says, Red T, this draft is QB heavy. If JD5 slips down to us and we don't take him, I'll never forgive the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> we passed on Lamar and now JD5. Well, we haven't done it yet. So don't. <laughs> um, no, I mean, yeah, I, I think if, if I really hope that, you know, it's like, and I, I'm not as doom and gloom as everybody is. Like, you know, again, like I said in the beginning, winning, winning is winning. Like, winning the division is winning the division, and no one's going to apologize for it. Right. Like, it's, it's just, you know, as a, as a fan base, a home playoff game is cool and you should enjoy it while it happens. But I, I do hope that this season is being looked at with clear eyes in that regard and that you're not going to like, don't try to pull the wool over people's eyes and pretend that like a nine and eight season with this schedule and this talent level on offense and defense is a success story. And we should all be like, no, this isn't, there's no changes needed. We shouldn't be looking for the next quarterback. We shouldn't be looking for upgrades at offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, whatever. That would frustrate the hell out of me. And I think fans should have every right to, to say that, no, this is, this is organizational malpractice because like, it's, it's obvious what's going on there. And, and sure, like things, things could get better, but I think, you know, we're, ha- we're 10 games into a season like people are like what's the what's the definition of this team what's the what's the story of this team like this has been defined this team has been defined uh, can they can they get better right it's inconsistent can they get better sure can they get hot sure but can the they get ice that, cold yep yeah the, well the idea that there's growing pains that this we just haven't seen the full form yet that it's like oh well they just need more time no that's not the story like you you've seen what this team is and and while you have a chance this year to maybe maybe get hot and, and make something happen because that's the luxury look at Tom Brady right like the Patriots won all these Super Bowls right they they made the playoffs so many times I don't think they necessarily had the best team every year but they had the best playoff team and they never had to worry about making the playoffs because the AFC East was the worst division in football for so long like no one talks about it because it had the Patriots in it but that doesn't mean the division wasn't hot garbage, which it was. Um, and it's now it's funny because it's completely flipped. Now there's the other three teams in the division are good, and the Patriots are, are going to fire Bill Belichick probably. But yeah, I mean, like the idea that you would go into the draft and say we've got it all figured out, we don't we we don't need to invest at the most important position would be foolish. The thing that I'll say is 
I still have, it still has not been proven empirically that the Saints would know the right quarterback if it was there. Because you've never, I mean, what, 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 what quarterback has this regime drafted? Now, it's like their claim to fame is wanting to draft Pat Mahomes. Wanting to, right. <laughs> wanting to. <laughs> like, and they won't stop talking about it. Sean will go to his grave telling that story. I knew, I knew he was the guy. Well, you didn't. You, you we didn't. Were just you about to take him. You weren't bold enough to go up and trade up for him. So, because uh, the Chiefs were. Um, anyway, it's so like that's the thing. Like, I just don't know how, where do where are they projecting Jaden Daniels already in the NFL draft? I, I still think early second, really. Um, which early second at this time means high first <laughs> next season. <laughs> <laughs> like Bravo, he's right? He's getting kind of the same. He's getting the Anthony Richardson treatment right now, right? You know, I, I just noticed we're both wearing white shirts. This is not planned. It's our uniform. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, a couple more questions here. Saint for Life says Caden Ellis has two sacks. He hasn't done much this year. I, I honestly like. I can't tell you. I'll have to. I'll start watching more Falcons games now. Right. That, yeah, I'm getting ready to to go, you know, for the Saints play the Falcons, but I, I couldn't tell you high or low in terms of how they have played on defense. But yeah, I mean, I think everyone, you know, Trey Hendrickson is a guy that everyone's like, oh, he got away and suddenly he's great. Uh, Man, he got hurt. You saw that one? Yeah, he got hurt. Um, that was uh, terrible. I, I think everyone's kind of looking at Caden Ellis the same way. I, I don't know. I think Caden's a good player, but they overpaid him. And so now he has the, he has the task of living up to that contract and it's going to be tough to do. Um, but yeah, I'm rooting for him. I like the guy. He's a great, great kid. All right, I call him a kid. He's not that young. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking here. He he does. He's tied for the team lead in tackles with 73. That's pretty good. Yeah, but I mean, he's an every four, down linebacker, right? Four tackles for loss, two a pass defense. That's all right. Nothing. I mean, yeah, but you would expect, obviously, for the, the contract he got, he would have had I don't know at least six sacks. I think right now. Yeah. Um, Big Irv also still not convinced that Taylor is the answer is the answer at slot. Yeah, I don't think that's gone particularly well. I think it started well, and I just I don't think you've seen the growth from him at that position that you would have hoped for. I mean, he's still he's still you know that's a that's not an easy transition to make. You know, I think he's still learning. You know, I think that's one of the examples of like I'm not gonna say like well he's he can't do it at this point. But it yeah. definitely hasn't been that type of performance that you're like, he is no-brainer, slot corner. The frustrating thing is, like, it's the only way you can get him on the field right now. And I wouldn't I, – and, and, like, so do you consider moving him outside um, if Marshawn misses time? And say, maybe going to, yeah, maybe going to an Ugo Amadi? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't think you'd upgrade in the slot with Ugo Amadi, but would you maybe upgrade on the outside? I don't know because I, I – Played really well. I personally, and I, I don't know, I have nothing basing off this. I just don't feel like Alante's happy in that slot role. It's a tough, like not a lot, like, you know, I don't think Bradley loved it either. Like, I think that it's just not a position. It's why you see safeties, right? Because, you know, I think safeties kind of profile better into coming down and, and playing that kind of hybrid linebacker role. Whereas corners, it's a bit of, it's a more difficult transition because you're used to just being man up. It's, you know, and you, and you got the sideline and you get chances for, you know, PBUs. And now you're trying to, you haven't trying to chase TJ Hawkinson. And 
that's a no one, no cornerback comes in the league and is like, oh, I desperately want to cover tight ends. Um, so, so, yeah. so maybe you get Alante with Paulson and then maybe Howden. Yeah, Howden could be an option. You know, that's that's a good point. I, I don't know. You know, I think you still want Howden to be your dime safety kind of guy, but okay. yeah, maybe 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 that is something you look at is who okay, who's your best option at slot corner if you decide okay, we want to move Alante outside. But again, Ike has been really good outside. Right. So I don't even know if that's an upgrade. Like Alante has been good too when he's had the opportunity, but it, would you be better? Then you're changing two positions instead of one and just logic would dictate that you'd rather not do that. And you haven't, and, and, and Alante has been laser focused on the slot. He has not been focused on the outside. So that would be a change. So who knows? Maybe that would hurt him on the outside. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a question to answer. I expect you'll see Alante stay in the slot, though. Maybe next year you can talk about the the options there. But yeah, no, I'll definitely be curious to see what happens. Like you said, if if Lattimore, hopefully we're not, we don't have to worry about that. And Lad is back for the Falcons game, week yeah. twelve for crying out loud. Correct. I think it's funny that people are saying Frank Reich should be fired. I was like, well, Frank. <laughs> Frank Reich didn't even get to pick his quarterback. <laughs> There's just no leash in the NFL anymore, man. It's that's the, that's the frustrating thing. Oh, you know the the tight end situation remains a mystery, and uh, I guess along with other things that just perplexing in this season is just uh, not being able to find Juwan. Like after Forster's, you know, awful, no good, terrible drop in the end zone, we don't even look at him anymore. And then Jimmy Graham's just chilling on the sidelines in his gear. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. And it's funny because like, like you could say like, oh, maybe it's just a Derek Carr thing. Maybe he just doesn't feel comfortable throwing to certain guys. But like jo- substantively, Jawan and Darren Waller are similar players. Like if he could make, you know, if he could make Darren Waller into a superstar, <laughs> you'd think that that would be a comfort level thing for him that he would want to take advantage of. You know, he knows Foster, but for some reason he just hasn't been throwing to tight ends. And, you know, last week he did, and then everyone complained and threw to Mike Thomas instead. <laughs> Sadly, you say Waller, and now I put Hawkinson in that same category. Hawkinson was really good. He's kind of a weird-looking dude, but he's really good. Yeah. He's not scoring Taylor Swift. That is true. He's definitely not. <sighs> okay. I don't see anything here. Okay, so the one thing that is worth noting, so the Saints have beaten the Titans, the Panthers, the Patriots, the Colts, and the Bears. The Bears. That's a rough list of like, oh, these are the teams we're better than. Because everyone's better than them. Those might be the five worst teams in the league, other than the Colts. Colts (laughs) are in the middle. Colts are about where the Saints are. They're five and five. No, it's it's obviously that it doesn't give you uh, you know, a ringing endorsement of what they've accomplished right now. I mean, right, you've lost to Vikings, Jags, Texans, uh, Bucks, and of course the wonderful Green Bay Packers. Yeah, here's here's one. Boom, bam. As a Vikings fan, I assumed Taysom Hill was injured. <laughs> Only thing that would make sense. I'm sure Minnesota defense had him factored in. Yeah. And it's like you could say like, oh, he might not have the, the the scheme they're running. It might it wouldn't have been particularly effective. But like, yeah, do they totally want to ignore the stat of the the them being seventeen and one 
That's status. It's like we're we we are going to prove them wrong, and then it's like, oh shit, I we should have got him the ball. The stat is it is not. I mean, it's a stat that exists, but that doesn't mean it's like you think if they ran Taysom seven times in that game, they would have won. Yep, that's the power of Taysom. <laughs> Just <laughs> Taysom to me is like that superhero running down the field. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah. I mean, maybe magically they would have, the scoreline would have changed and it would be like the Space Jam moment where they lose 10 points without any explanation. I, I don't know. Prove it wrong for me, please, because that, that's, that, that's what is worth it. I'll give you that. Like, at least if they prove it incorrect, then we can stop talking about it. What was the one loss? What was the one? Oh, oh, I know what, you know, and, and the one... It sounds like the Matrix. The yeah. one is even like a, it's an asterisk because the one is that game against the Cowboys where he was actually starting at quarterback. Oh, okay. So it's not even a good example of like. Dun, dun, um, dun. Yeah. So like realistically, if you're talking about Taysom in Taysom's role, it, but you would have to eliminate some of the wins there too. But like, I, and I don't know, maybe maybe three, four of those games. So you'd, it'd probably be closer to like 12 and 0. So you could say, like, when in games Taysom is not starting a quarterback, they have never lost if they've given him seven or more carries. I don't know. To me, me too, it's very telling. Alvin Kamara said this year, he called him a bully for crying out loud. I'm like, give that man the ball more and let him bully everybody. He is a bully. They should just give him the first – they should just run Taysom the first seven plays of the game, and then everyone goes back in the locker room. (laughs) There you go, right. (laughs) I guess we're done here. (laughs) And give them that speech, fire everybody up, and then boom, we're ready to go. Next week, it's over. Not even worth playing. Everyone, there just you goes go. We're, we, let's next time you talk to Dennis, you see Dennis Allen on the sideline, be like, "I got this idea." I think that. Yeah, I think he actually said that. I think I stole that joke from him. Uh, <laughs> oh, anyway. really? Yeah, I think he said that on, uh, on uh, to Bobby once because Bobby always brings that up. Like the worst thing we could have done was tell Bobby that stat. Um, <laughs> anyway all right that's it anything else you want to hit and then we'll we'll get out of here uh definitely need to hit more of the bourbon cast for the bye week i think because we got uh like you said material to fill and uh some fun football to break down as we get ready for the next team well as long as it's not 27 dollars a glass i'll uh I'll, I'll be all in on that idea but that was a that wasn't even this podcast that I told that story. That's how far we've come in this in this world. But this is Inside Black and Gold. Thanks everyone for listening. It's been a special mailbag edition. Appreciate everyone who's here. Everyone who dropped in a comment question. If you have questions that weren't answered, you want to hit me up on Twitter. It's at Jeff underscore Noak. You can hit up Steve at Steve Geller. WWL. You can check out WWL.com for the latest news, notes, and analysis. We got takes from Bobby, takes from Deuce up there. Three up, three down. A lot of the stuff we talked about this week on the podcast. You can go check it out and uh, without further ado let's wrap this up saints on a bye so so are we i'm looking forward to a week <laughs> just hang out and watch football i don't get to do that very often so that's fun and uh yeah who dat go saints still yeah yeah steve number one in the south no that's it still number one unless the bucks can beat the 49ers then we're number two but. And you know what? If that that happens, more power to the freaking Bucks for, for putting that off. And you know what? The way this season has been, wouldn't surprise me either. Why not? Yeah, would well, they beat the Jags by like 35 to 3 or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. They had lost four in a row. Come back. And the Jags had won five in a row. And the 49ers. I don't know. 
it's all exactly but all right thanks everyone for watching listening as always who that go saints peace out y'all be easy